podcast may contain some explicit language, so it may not be suitable for our little listeners under the age of 13. Today is podcast number four with Shit Gets Real. I'm Tony Hedstrom. And I'm Selena Stamp. So uh, today we're going to talk about new construction, pros, cons, process, all the fun stuff that goes with it. But first, I kind of wanted to talk about self-care. Yeah. We as real estate agents, lenders, anybody in this business right now knows how crazy it is. And we tend to always put ourselves on the back burner for self-care. We're always putting other people first and it can it can have an effect on you. Eventually, well, not only you but your family. That's right. That's you right. know, when it, when all you think about is real estate, and you're answering your phone at ten thirty at yeah, night, yeah. and people are texting you at midnight, and yeah. you feel like you have to answer those texts and be available all the time. I think yeah. it can really negatively impact. Yeah, that's right. Because like for me personally, I have this weird sense of customer service, right? And that comes from my background and. And to me, I'm like, if I'm not answering that text, is it bad customer service? Well, no, because nobody's answering their phone at 1030. So guy boundaries is the biggest, biggest issue that we all have and self-care. And right now, for me personally, I'm trying to find an outlet to find where I can disconnect and not have any thoughts. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but no. you just need that space and thoughts. So how do you have any suggestions on how? Well, I think um, the first thing I would recommend, and I didn't always do this, but having been in the business for quite some time, there came a point where I turned it off. Yeah. So seven o'clock, my phone goes silent if you're in my favorites list. And what's required to be in that list is um, you're my father or my mother or my son or my daughter or or my business partner. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you know, after a certain point, there's not a whole lot of we can do as far as fixing problems or addressing issues, you know. Um, So you got to find that balance and then just allow yourself to turn it off. you, You have to have an opportunity to clock out. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's for your mental health, mental well-being, you can say, right? So so now let's get into the fun stuff. Yes. So talking about self-care and all the craziness of the market, we're going to talk about new construction. Yes. yes. Okay. So for me, and I know for you as well, we've had some clients out there that were looking for resale properties, mm-hmm. right? There aren't and any. There, yeah. <laughs> and, and the ones that we do find, we're competing against 10, 15 other people. Yes. Yeah. And we're losing. And we're writing really good offers. We're like, well, I'm pretty impressed on how great this offer is. And well, let's backtrack because you don't always lose. Well, true. You don't. I mean, true. the thing is, is you know how to write really aggressive contracts. The yeah. problem is, is, you know, there's a lot of folks coming from up north and different places with big cash, cash money. That's right. So your buyers who are financing are, you know behind the draw already. Well, that's very true. Right. So so we're competing a lot with cash buyers. Yeah. So what does that do? So what happens then is you start to have the conversation with your client about, have you thought about new construction? Yeah. Okay. So not only are we having that conversation, but thousands of other agents are having that conversation. Yes. So what is that doing? That's driving all these people to new construction. It is. And how how that is affecting us now is the builders are so busy, they cannot keep up with the demand. Yeah. And now they've created wait list. Mm-hmm. 
And it's almost, it's so, these wait lists are stressful in themselves. They are. So you just had a wait list. So can you tell us your I'm your dealing experience? with mm-hmm. two different builders um, that, that have two different processes. These are new. In the first case, it's a national builder. Um, and what they're doing is they're managing the release of product. Now, I feel like that's definitely related to COVID. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's uh, based on what we saw over the last year with new construction. We saw some delays when it comes to materials such as kitchen cabinets, yeah, appliances. Was, mm-hmm. And, you know, there was some roofing material that was hard to get, you know, uh, late last year. So with that in mind and with the high demand, the builders can't commit to so many different contracts. Right. So they're literally pulling back. They're having people get on wait lists, go ahead and get pre-approved with their lender. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that mm-hmm. here in a bit. And then, uh, but they, they allow more than one person to be on a wait list for a single property. So what happens is, is at some point in the future, that property is released um, and then it's kind of like who wins? So is it you know? whoever gets there first? Like what? In, in some cases. Okay. So in the one builder's case, it was who got there first. Okay. In the second builder's case, I was just told that they have nine families mm-hmm. that are pre-approved and ready to buy four townhome units. Wow. Now the price is obviously, you know, people aren't offering really more than the than the list price, right. you know, the sales price on these units. So what exactly is going to be the determining factor? I really think it's about who gets their money wired in first. Yeah. Okay. So it's become extremely competitive out there. Yeah. In new construction as well. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you kind of take for granted and the years prior last year, even where you're like, well, you can always do new construction. And now now our market is so on fire yeah. that that our safe, our safe, what do you want to call that? Uh, um, our fallback. Our fallback. There you mm-hmm. go. Our fallback is now competitive. Mm. You know, so for us as agents, it's um, just grinding and educating our clients and having the expectation there, what, what they need to expect during the process, yeah. um, which will lead us to why new construction? Right. Why would we tell our clients if they can't find a resale home? or would they keep getting outbid by them? Why would we take our clients to new construction? Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you have um, an ability to just have new. That's right. I mean, people are really attracted to new, you know? It could be as simple as, I don't want to sit on a toilet yeah. somebody else sat on. <laughs> Uh, or, yeah, you know, that you know yeah. it could be somebody with really bad allergies and they're afraid the prior person had dogs or cats. That's I mean, right. new is new. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I think for another pro would be you are able to, depending on what phase you get in, if you pick your lot and you go from there, you're able to customize it somewhat. Depending on the builder. That's right. It's mm-hmm. not a full custom home. Yeah. Right. If you, it, it, again, depending on the builder. But when you say customize it, you get to go in and pick your backsplash, your flooring, your color of your cabinets, that mm-hmm. that type of stuff, which mm-hmm. is fun for people. Yes. yes. So, you know, that's another pro. Another one that um, for me, because I'm so frugal. Is, um, <laughs> I like that word. Yeah, that's frugal. 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 Yeah, yeah frugal. <laughs> is it's energy efficient. Oh, definitely. And your insurance tends to be extremely low. low. Yeah. You know, and, you know. And that was a that's a big factor in mm-hmm. it. So it kind of helps. Now we all know as it gets older, the insurance will increase little by sure. little, sure. but it's still lower than resale. Than resale. 
I mean, definitely your your monthly outgoing expense on new construction is going to be a lot more attractive mm-hmm. based on that combination of things, right? right? However, you have experience in this because down in your area that you work heavily, uh, there's a lot of new communities. What is it that they're going to pay and pay high for? A CDD fee. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, just there's no community. So I'm down in the Ruskin, South Shore, Riverview area, Apollo Beach, um, which we all consider the whole South Shore area down there. Um, it is... It's very hard to find a community without a CDD fee. I don't even know. Is there one? There's one. construction? One, but they're completely built out. Yeah. So we so no we have none at this time so when somebody comes to you and says i want new construction but i don't want an hoa or cdd you're like that shit ain't gonna work that's right (laughs) we gotta break it down that's a fantasy (laughs) that shit ain't gonna work so so it's it's that's hard but for me and for sometimes from some of my clients the biggest biggest pro is the builder will pay most if not all of the closing costs Mm -hmm. for the buyer, if they use their lender. Which becomes a real source of contention for buyers at first, because most of the time, if they're with us and we're out looking at houses, they've been Mm pre-approved already. I mean, that's one of the criteria we have. Mm -hmm. And most uh, experienced agents have is to have the buyer pre-approved before you actually go shopping. So they've created a relationship with a lender and lo and behold, they go look at new construction and regardless of who the builder is, they're going to have either an in-house lender or preferred lenders. That's right. Mm-hmm. So those closing costs they're offering, you know, are tied to the buyer using that preferred lender. Yes. And, you know, depending on the builder, we haven't seen it in a while. They might have a program where you can use another lender and they'll, they'll still pay a smaller portion. But I, I, I've seen that kind of go away. Yeah. I haven't seen it as often and it, and it's not nearly as much as if you use their preferred lender. And I'll tell you what, with the market as hot as it is, the builders having the um, waiting lists, mm-hmm. slashing realtor commissions, mm-hmm. by the way, mm-hmm. um, I'm really surprised that they're still paying those closing costs. I'm like waiting for that to for go For that away. to drop, right? Like I, you're going to see a slow decrease of the amount and then eventually it's just going to go away because the I mean, so the backstory to why do lenders do that? I mean, excuse me, why do builders do that? Sorry. Um, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, it's because they want a lender that they trust and have worked mm-hmm. with to tell them the buyer can buy this house. Mm-hmm. So they're tying up this property and they want that assurance, you know, instead of using uh, XYZ lender, you know, or whatever that works in the basement somewhere, <clears throat> these lenders <laughs> they trust. So that's a very, you know, I, I get it. That's, that's a perfectly good reason. The second thing is, is that if there's an in-house lender, you know, that lender is going to make money when they sell that mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons that there's a, a financial incentive for a buyer to use that lender. Yeah. So I can see where if they took away the closing costs, the buyer would have no incentive to lose that to use that lender. So I don't think they'd ever go, totally go away. Go but, away. Yeah. You know, them paying ten, twelve, thirteen thousand dollars of the closing costs and prepaids. I'm. Yeah. I'm just waiting for that. I to know. Stop. You never know. It's 2021. You don't know what's coming next. Right? No. Resale, though, forget having your closing costs paid in this market. Just forget about it. It's not going to happen, right? So, I mean, at least that. Yeah. Um, One thing I did also forget on the pros list, and I I have it here, and I I put limited options on my list, Uh which which is kind of silly. 
But I've had some clients where if you give them too many options, they're overwhelmed and they cannot decide. Yeah. Right. So depending on the builder, depending on my client, you know, we go, we look at everything. But sometimes people just like it simple. You know, and so that for me, for me personally, I found that to be easy with some of the builders and I know which builders would work, you know, and you you know, you know how you kind of, you're out with your clients, you know, what floor plan would work, Mm -hmm. you know, you take them to everything, but you're kind of like, you save the best for lash. Like, okay, I want you to see this one. Yeah. And we're usually, we're usually right. Yes, we (laughs) are. Not to toot, do, 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 (laughs) but I'm going to toot it, But I, so that's a strange one, the limited options. But for my personal experience, clients that get overwhelmed by too much, Mm -hmm. it helps. I know it's weird. No, it's not weird in the sense that your buyer can get in trouble somewhat. Yes. Because, you know, if you, (laughs) oh yeah, upgrades are not cheap. That's in the cons section. Let's move on to the cons. cons. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you want to start the cons? Yeah. All right, so builders, you know, I've always used this analogy when I'm trying to describe builders. I say Walmart, Target, and Dillard's. Mm -hmm. All right, so all three are fine. Mm -hmm. You know, Walmart is the... Let's, you know, the high volume, standard, really kind of good first time home buyer home. There's no frills and things like that. It's a solid, just kind of basic house. Mm -hmm. You know, the target line, that's a little more upgraded. They're offering a little more. Maybe they have stainless steel appliances instead of black. Maybe they have granite everywhere instead of laminate countertops or something like that. And then the Dillard's are the uh, custom homes, mm-hmm. you know, the more custom homes that you can go and go to a design center mm-hmm. and pick everything. I mean, a design center for these builders that I'm speaking of in the Dillard's category are amazing. They're mm-hmm. like toy store, stores oh, it's for so grown-ups. Much fun. And we so, always go with our clients because it's real easy to spend their money. Uh-huh. No, I'm joking. We actually <laughs> we actually keep them in yes, budget. <laughs> we do. We actually help them to make decisions. Yeah, the structural stuff. The structural that uh-huh. you can't change later. You know, That's right. you know, simple things down to the tray ceilings, uh-huh. uh, covered patios in the back, putting in uh, utility plumbing, utility sink plumbing in the laundry room. Yeah, the pipe for the barb, the gas grill mm-hmm. in the back, things like that. Yeah, it's, you want to have mm-hmm. that done by the builder. Yep backsplash, tile, like the wood look tile, all those things are lovely, but you're going to pay a lot more for the builder to do it. So anyway, that's one thing we try to do at the design center. But, you know, and then outside of that, what's a really expensive store you can think of for my little analogy? Neiman Marcus. Is that yeah, considered I mean, expensive? Yeah, I Marcus is expensive. So they would be, I guess, the actual custom builders. That's yeah. where you go. They design a floor plan with you. You go out and you pick land somewhere, and then you truly custom build a home, yeah. right? Like you can say, I want this. I don't want this wall here, and I want this, and I, you know, and mm-hmm. you can move stuff where... These builders that we're discussing, you cannot move any walls. You cannot no. add a door. You cannot do anything like that. Not it like is, that. It, it's, and when they say structural, they're meaning the utility sink, yeah. the pipe for the grill, can lights, tray ceilings. Yeah. Those are all their structural items. Right. You right. know, you can't move your island to face a different direction, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, another thing with for the con with the builders is we don't have a lot of room with negotiation. Not in price. No. no, not in price. In price, it's pretty much, they're pretty firm on where they stand now. And why is that? Well, because I think that they have to, it could affect the appraisal of all the other ones that are yeah. being sold around. So if they sell one floor plan mm-hmm. for 10000 less, mm-hmm. that's going to be a comp for a future appraisal. Right. Yeah. right. So, you know, but where where you we can help is with closing costs. Sometimes, you know, depending on builder, we and again, we know those builders that we can kind of make room for mm-hmm. negotiations. Uh, you know, there's times we've been able to get more in closing costs. Than they're offering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or we can get a credit at the design center. You yes. know, stuff like that is, is where we can kind of help out and... Um, and you know what? These waiting lists that they're putting the buyers on have even nipped that in the bud. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you ask for anything, you're obviously not the one they're going to pick. Yeah. Right. Crazy. Hmm. So uh, getting into representation, because, you yeah. know, buyers, you know, even if they're working with agents, they're going to be on Zillow. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get that bug to buy a house, it like consumes your life. You, yeah. know, you know, your real estate agent likely has other clients or, mm-hmm. you know, your appointment's not till Saturday or whatever. So you know that they're riding around, looking around and everything else. And they probably would go to these builders and go to their model homes. That's right. So what's your thought on that and how buyers can um, still utilize a real estate agent? So I think even last year, we would be okay because the buyer would let me know. Let's say it was out and they're like, oh, we stopped, but we told them we had an agent. Yeah. I think now today in our market, the builders don't care. If if your client goes without you, you are not there for that first visit. You do not represent them. Yeah. So I try to have that conversation with them to let them know, you know, just let me know when you're going to go. When you want to go, we will we will schedule it in to go because the model homes are going nowhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the problem is, is the way the market is. Everyone is. It's that. It's chaotic, yeah. and everyone has that fear of missing out. Missing out on something. And and so then the fear of missing out then presents this panic situation, mm-hmm. and they're like. Selena can't get me in in 15 minutes. I got to go. I got to call. I got to do this. I got to do that. And, and it's just, it's a chaotic, right. chaotic mess. But for me, if they do go, I'll try to get the contact information of the rep. Mm-hmm. And the then I'll call. Rep. Yeah. Just to try to say, hey, listen, I heard they stopped in. La, la, la. This, right. this. And, you know, it's a battle. It's always been a battle. Yeah. Um, but most of the time we've. We haven't received too much pushback. No, I mean, because we have ongoing relationships Mm -hmm. with many of the builders in many of the communities, you know, so they know, you know, us as agents, we're not just trying to make a quick buck. I mean, we actually work Mm -hmm. with our clients who go under contract with new construction. I mean, there's a whole process to buying. And yes, if a buyer can make it, they can make it from contract to closing without an agent, Mm -hmm. right? And if they never have had an agent with new construction, they really don't know what they're missing. That's right. So can you explain some of the benefits of having an agent and kind of dealing with the process? Yeah, of course. So I mean, one thing that I can think of off the top of my head would be the contract, Mm -hmm. like reading the contract, making sure that they understand the contract. Right. Because there are certain times, like, for instance, people just feel like three weeks in, they're like, I could just cancel. Yeah. Well, you know, these are all things that you you can't just cancel. You're going to, well, you can cancel, but you're going to lose your earnest Uh and your deposit. Your deposit. You know, and it, right now the builder's deposits are higher than they 
have been in a long time. They are. And so if you're putting five, ten thousand dollars down, that's a lot of money to lose. Right. Just because you change your mind or, you know, whatever. But um you want somebody that is on that works for you, which that's we work for our clients. The rep for the builder works for the builder. Yeah. They have the builder's best interest. Right. Not to say that they're not caring or a kind person. Yeah. But we we have our buyer's best interest at heart. But you know, there's certain things sometimes um, that were said to past clients that just were not true. Right. Like, like an example. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, so the uh, yeah. Okay. The out-of-state buyer. Uh-huh. We, I, he was out-of-state, so I went through the pre-drywall. Yes. Um, we had the floor plans there. They said that... Um, I noticed that there was a wall, an outlet missing on the floor plan in the master bedroom. And I said, where is that? And they said, oh, we, we don't have to put that in, you know, um, because we just chose not to put it in there. Well, why did you choose not to put it in there? Then the the construction manager came in and said, oh, the buyer called and said he didn't want that there. I said, well, that's weird. Yeah. So I called the buyer mm-hmm. right there. He's like, I've never spoken to the construction manager. So it's little things yeah. like that. Had I not been there for him because he was out of the country, yes. actually. Yes. He would have came in. What do you have noticed? I don't know. Right. I don't know. But it just makes you feel like, okay. You're looking out for their best interest. Yeah, it's just an outlet. Yeah. But it matters. It does You know what matter. I mean? And, and getting away with, I don't know if they just kind of felt like, oh, this chick isn't going to know what this is, this document is. Uh-huh. And as I'm looking, oh, that's not there. What about this? What about this? You know? Yeah. So we are constantly asking questions on behalf of our buyer. And because you do it so many times, mm-hmm. you know what to look for mm-hmm. when a buyer who's never bought new construction might not know what to look for. That's right. I mean, it really comes down to day one, deciding on the lot and the floor yeah. plan. Because as a real estate agent, you know, when you take your buyers out looking at houses, you let the buyers have all the emotion and the agent uh-huh. has to look at things, you know, from a more financial aspect, That's you right. know. We want our buyers to be our future sellers so, one yeah, day. Yeah, so resale is a huge factor when right. we're looking at those things. So looking at lots, looking at floor plans yep. and deciding, you know, what's the best actual investment. That's right. Yep. And then also dealing with the builder's lender. How can you as an agent benefit your buyer when dealing with that relationship between the buyer and the lender? Well, so I always reach out. I always make sure that I'm, I'm in contact with them on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm asking the questions. I'm I'm constantly, if they don't send us the closing disclosure, but when they send it to the buyer and yeah. the buyer will share it with us, I'm always checking the fees, making sure they're being charged the correct amount, making sure everything looks looks right. Yeah. Because there could be a time when something's off, right? Like tax provisions. Yeah, exactly. That's a big one. Yeah, because we want that escrow to be a little fluffed, mm-hmm. to lack of a better word. Um, so when the following year comes, they're not in for a shock when they get their bill. And you know what I found with builders, and they don't really use this language anymore, but not too long ago, it was like, we'll pay all your closing costs, right? Mm-hmm. So say they did offer 12000 mm-hmm. And because they were using their lender... Um, the way they set up the payment, a lot of times, you know, the taxes would be based on the unimproved land, right? right? So the prepaids, which 
is a whole nother topic, but the prepaids is what you pay to set up your escrow account and also to pay your first year's worth of insurance in advance. So if they are estimating your taxes on unimproved land, that might be like $70 a month uh-huh. or something like that, right? And But when the actual taxes for the house and the land are 400 a month. Mm-hmm. So what happens to buyers in that case is a year later, they are a big deficit and the you know lenders asking them to write a big check mm-hmm. so that's one thing to really watch for mm-hmm. is are they prorating those taxes correctly mm-hmm. yeah and um so uh, personally i went through that mm-hmm. and um i was an, er, a new agent at the time when i bought my house yep. new yep. construction and so i was able to watch that but mine still were affected and my payment went up and you know but we were prepared for that Mm -hmm. where other people in our community they did not have an agent they said that nobody told me about this and their payment went up uh, three hundred dollars yeah and then what would you do i mean literally if you're you know pre-approved for a house price and or you agree to a payment that you're comfortable with and then boom your Mm -hmm. payment's 300 more all of a sudden Mm -hmm. what are you going to do you either pay it or you lose your house right and that was the issue some people were like i gotta sell my house i can't afford it anymore you know and there was a lack of we always communicate and tell our clients about homestead exemption Mm -hmm. and it baffled me that they went through the whole closing process and they even signed a form for homestead exemption and nobody explained it to them. Right. They really knew nothing about it. Yeah. So I think that it's not just representation during the process. Yeah. It's representing you after you've closed because we don't just leave you. Yeah. Like we're, we're, we send our mail out. We do all of our stuff for homestead exemption. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to educate our clients as best as we can. So they, they're prepared for anything down the line. That's right. You know, that's right. So deciding on a lot in a floor plan, getting with the builders, lender, Lender. getting pre-approved. What are how the steps go after that? Well, so if you're if you're looking at a a vacant lot, I think the longest part of the process is the the next step would be the permitting. Once you're under contract. Once you're under contract. Once you've signed it, you've given your deposit and you've picked your lot, everything is you're like good to go, let's get this started. I think the permitting starts sometimes they might start it but a lot of times they they, they're not starting the permit yet and for me what i've seen is that takes the longest about 60 days yeah yeah and when covid hit it was taking a little bit well that was kind of when with covid yeah 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 you're right no i mean it jumped up a little bit it did Mm -hmm. um then after permitting's done, they start that land press. Yeah. This is the fun part. That's when they got the little sticks yeah, on the ground. Yeah, the sticks and the little rebar and everything. But Oh, and the outhouse yeah, in the front yeah. yard. That's the best. Um, but so one thing with us, what we try to do during this process is take pictures at every step. Yeah. You know, that way, if they're not here, they can kind of see it. Kind of like a baby yeah, book. Yeah, it's really a baby book, a house baby <laughs> book. Um, so once they do that land prep, then the foundation begins. Yeah. And they start all the pipe, the all of the fun stuff, the pipes, the, the foundation, all that. Mm-hmm. Then you get to your framing. Yeah. That's when it gets really exciting for people because they're like, oh. We have cinder block walls. <laughs> Yay! You know. Yeah. Um, so once the framing is complete, they're going to start to install the internal systems of the home. Yeah. Right. And so what do you mean like a plumbing, electrical? Okay. They, you know, um, the trusses at that point will probably be up. So depending on where they might start with the AC ducts, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Like the, all that. Um, but. Before they put up the drywall, once they're done installing that, before they put the drywall up, that's when we get to go in with their client yeah. and have a pre-drywall 
in like appointment walkthrough. Yeah, that's cool. It is because, you know, a lot of the homes down here are put um, the internal um, pest control. Pest control. Mm-hmm. So, it's, okay. <laughs> so it's it's fun to see that. And people that are from other states are like, wow, that's yeah, so that's cool. neat, right? So you can kind of see where it's going. Uh-huh. And, and it's just a really good time. If a buyer can be there, I highly recommend it because it gives them another look at their home. It takes away the... Well, I didn't see what it looked like before the drywall. How do I know that things are good back there, yes. right? And, and we've all had that conversation with clients where if they're not here, there's that, you always kind of doubt it if you don't see it. So it's one of my favorites because if you have a good construction manager, they're walking you through the home, they go through everything. And it takes two hours at yeah. least. Yeah. It's just a really good one. It's, I know it sounds crazy, but if, if you're a buyer and you're going to do this, I highly suggest you're there. there. Mm-hmm. So let me back up. So yeah. so you've got the initial visit to the builder. Yeah. This is when you're looking at other builders and you're pretty much just feeling out what is well, a good well, fit. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Second step is uh, pre-approval. Yes. Is if your buyer chooses a builder, then they're going to go ahead and get pre-approved with the with builder. With their lender. lender. Mm-hmm. And then in the meanwhile, are you kind of discussing terms with the sales rep? Yes. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times what happens is... If I know that they're really interested, you know, it's pretty easy. People walk in and you go to a model home and you can love it because they decorate them so great. Like, they're so cute. Mm -hmm. So, but then you start going to homes that, oh, I have one ready that the, maybe the financing fell through. Let's go take a look at it. Mm -hmm. And they don't necessarily like the lot. The lot can probably be like the worst one on in the group, right? In the community. Um, And that could be a deal breaker because if they cannot wait six to eight months for one to be built. Yeah that's at a higher price point than the one that's available in 45 days, yeah. let's say. So it, it, that's how you can eliminate it. Once we start to narrow it down, I we do our net sheets for them, mm-hmm. right? Kind of keep them our, for the buyers. But at the same time, I am in communication with the sales rep mm-hmm. saying, all right, let's 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 work on this. What can we do? Because I know what this is what they need. Yeah. How can you help? Now, so once they're pre-approved, you already have the terms, and it's That's not on the goal. So you don't write a contract; you no. actually just verbally give the terms to the sales rep, and they go call whoever, right? That's right. Uh huh. Do and you think they actually call, or they just go in the other room for a minute? So I've always wondered this because sometimes they'll call or they'll text on their phone, and they're like. They're not answering. They're super busy. We have so many. I have three people right now that called that want this home that you're trying to I call BS. Mm-hmm. They do that all the time. And my favorite is after we leave and they call about 30 minutes later, I have I have people interested. They're going to write an offer at noon tomorrow. Uh-huh. Okay, well, right. you know. Or I like this one. I've never seen him do it before. I know. But he actually agreed. He must be having a good day. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. So, we, I tried to get all of that done. So, it it's time efficient when we get there. Mm-hmm. We go in. You know you know what the deal is. They write right. it up. And then the buyer usually signs electronically. That's right. Either there in the office mm-hmm. or remotely, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And then you wait. Yeah. Like, 
Two weeks for the signed contract? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Because it's not the sales rep who's selling you the house, no. right? So, you know, you're the buyer, you sign the contract, and then you wait, and you wait, and you wait mm-hmm. for the authorized mm-hmm. representative of the actual builder to sign it and execute your contract. And we bug, and we bug, mm-hmm. and we bug. Do you have that contract? Do you have that signed contract? I told you I will send it when I get it, yeah. you know, but it's, it's if you don't keep reminding them, they could easily forget because they're selling other homes and doing all the other stuff they're doing. So then once you're under contract, then there's that permitting period that's right. where your buyer's like, I've been to the house. I go every day. Nothing's happening. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest part because they're like, they haven't done anything. They're working on all the houses next to us. The house two doors down. That one's starting. This, the blah, blah. Uh-huh. So we explain the permitting. Then the land prep. Yep. Foundation. Yep. Framing. Pre-drywall. Yep. Now, what do you think um, about a buyer hiring a third-party inspector? So I am all for it. Yeah. I do not. In fact, I let them know. This is a conversation sometimes the sales rep will have and say, well, you don't have to. Yeah. Everything's covered under warranty. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what if we avoid having to put in a warranty ticket? And what if you you jump ahead of something, right, yeah. that you see? Um I've had it go two ways. Yeah. I've had it where it's been amazing. There's things that found that the builder has fixed. I don't really, I have not received much pushback from a builder unless it's been a structural item. Yeah. Like I know a buyer wanted a a master bath um, drain completely moved to another side of the shower. Yeah. And the builder wasn't going to do that. Right. I mean, the tile had already Because the inspector said it should be moved? Yes. Okay. Okay. So in, in, they were going back and forth as to why they did it this way and why he feels it should be this way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a tough situation. That buyer um, ultimately ended up canceling that yeah. contract. So so I want to just kind of add to this right mm-hmm. now about this in regard to the process. So what you have is a construction manager. So his job is typically he's in one community. Um, if it's a super large community, there'll be more than one construction manager there. But let's just say construction manager Bob has, you know, these five streets are under his control. So what he does every day is manage all of the subcontractors that are coming in. Yeah. So, you know, you've got the founda- foundation people, you have the plumbers, you have the electricians, you have the AC, you have roofers, roofers drywall, painters, all that. These are all different subcontractors that are just that. They're Mm -hmm. subcontractors. They're not employees of the builder. So if you can imagine um, contract manager Bob is managing these five streets worth of houses and he spends his days going around the houses Mm -hmm. and making sure jobs get done, there's inevitably going to be corners cut or something missed that construction Bob just doesn't know about. He's not going to catch everything. That's right. So in my my experience, I'm leaning more and more towards a buyer having their independent Mm -hmm. um, inspector because if you set up a relationship with your independent inspector from the beginning, they will actually go to all of the meetings. They'll go to the, you know, when the foundation is poured, they'll go to the Mm -hmm. pre-drywall. You know, they'll go more than once. So can you think of some other things that were ever found by an inspector? Yeah, so there were some, um, yeah, I mean, my I have a lot of issues with outlets. And this was a different house I'm going to talk about, but the outlets were... Um, they were the, They said the electrical was done and there were three outlets in one room that had not even been 
like a tap connected. It was there was like no wires. There was like nothing there. And and you're like, but there's an outlet. And he's like, there are no wires. And the construction manager was like, I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, they don't catch everything. So so somebody could have come, Mm -hmm. put up the drywall. Right. All those outlets would have not worked. That's right. What what happened? You know what? Then they got to tear through the drywall, put the wires in, that kind of stuff. Crazy, crazy. Um, I actually, well, I have one now. Yeah. My green leaf, but we had that storm come through, and the windows were were not installed. Everything was open, and the house ended up getting mold. They had to tear down, but the builder has been fabulous. I, I, Uh I have... Nothing but great things to say about what this builder has good, done. Good. Um, they tore everything back down to the studs yeah. and redid the entire home. Awesome. You know, well, thinking of water moisture, my favorite example of having an independent um, inspector on a new construction home. So the builder I'm speaking about actually hires their own third party inspector, right? So you've got the construction manager managing the job, then they have a third party inspector come in and then our client had their personal inspector come in. So we were down in the living room and the master bedroom was above the living room. And there was no sign of anything. Like, there was no reason for him to do it. But this inspector checked every ceiling this way, no matter what. He checked it with his um, radar. Yeah. What is it called? The infrared. The infrared. infrared, And saw this moisture coming from what was the upstairs master toilet. So, had that inspector not been there... I honestly would not have seen it. The buyer would not have known about it. The construction manager didn't know about it. Nobody knew about it. This buyer would have bought this home, and then ultimately he would have begun to see, like, damage um, around his upstairs toilet and in the ceiling down in the living room. So it was astonishing to think what could have almost happened, right? So I I really lean towards having that independent inspector. Yeah, I mean, I'm for it. I know sometimes they, um, the 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 builders or the managers are kind of like oh yeah but ultimately like you ha- you have to feel good about this large purchase yeah about what you're doing and I don't ever want again somebody to come back and say yeah you know I'm not happy because that's not our goal our goal is to make everybody right. happy so what's one thing that um, these inspectors don't look at cosmetic issues yeah like they don't care if there's a paint chip or or you know even even if there was a tile chip they, they might record it uh-huh. but that's something that's going to come up with as well you know so that's why you need to be there i mean even though this inspector is that's there right. that's you right. you still go because you're looking out for all those things well that's right so i have had many construction managers take away the blue tape from me. So blue tape walk, we're going to get to that. But they have taken it away from me because I I will literally litter the house with blue tape. Um, I've just come accustomed to the way I walk the house, the way I look at the house. Yeah. And I ask, well, why does that like look like that? You know, because yeah. if it looks weird to me, mm-hmm. you know, I and, and they don't notice it yet, but when they're sitting on their couch and then they notice it if they move in, yeah. it's not going to get fixed because they will not repair cosmetic issues yeah. once you have closed. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, what about you? Have you ever, like... Yeah, you know, it's funny because, again, having done it so many times, yeah. we automatically look for certain things mm-hmm. that we commonly find wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my favorite things is the door hinges. I hate it when the... the centerpiece of the door hinge is sticking out yeah right like 
hammer that bitch down. Why is he like that? So I'm always catching those. Um, Oh, what are some other good ones? You know, things in closets. Uh-huh. You know, like people aren't going to go deep into their closet, really. They're too busy worrying about the big stuff. You know, we're, we're looking for the small that's stuff. That's right. It's funny. So I was looking at, we are at a house, all three closets. I went in, I turned around, I looked at it, and at the bottom, there was huge holes. Because th- there should have been the... Um, Border. Uh-huh. What the hell? What's that called? The baseboard. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. The baseboard. The baseboard. Okay. That thing, you know, yeah. that's on the wall. <laughs> that thing. And it was just all, there was just cut out drywall, nothing, in all three of them. Mm. So think about that. And so now, ever since then, I walk in every mm. closet. Yeah. It's just the little things little that Little things like that that we're just accustomed to seeing. That's right. Yeah. Um, so after the drywall is installed, yeah. we've done our pre-drywall, they do the drywall, then they're going to start doing all the interior finishes. Yes. Right? Doors, trims, cabinets, countertops, all yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to have another walkthrough once right. that's complete. This would be the preliminary one. That's it's right. not the final, but this nope. is the one where Selena has the blue tape. That's the blue tape walk, as, okay. we, as we like to call it. Um, I did notice one builder will not give blue tape to anybody anymore. He has to walk, or they walk around with you, and you show them and they put the blue tape. Yeah. Um, and that's, it is what it is. Maybe they were going through a lot. They typically it. don't give me my own blue tape. I used to get a lot. I wear it like a bracelet. They give me one piece and I end up tearing it into Tiny. five pieces. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I do know they have different tape for drywall. Like there's different color tapes for the different mm-hmm. things. Because again, the contractors are coming back in and the painters are looking for the blue tape. The drywall that's guys are right. looking for the yellow tape. And then we wait about a week, mm-hmm. right? That gives mm-hmm. them about a, a left time to come through, yeah. fix everything that we found. And then we have our final walkthrough, yeah. which is the most exciting day for most people, for, yeah. for everybody. Right. Um, and as we're walking, we're I'm, I kind of take a mental picture, for me, of things. Yeah. So when I go back in... There are times where you see, like, if you open up a cabinet and there was blue tape in there, sometimes they don't open up cabinets. Yeah, They're like, the blue hey, tape's this still is there. here. Mm-hmm. And what I've been finding is they typically call them right away to have yeah. something fixed. Now, cabinets are kind of a different story. Right. Because sometimes they can't get them fixed right away. So they put it on what I call like a do bill, you know, uh-huh. sort of thing. Um, and the seller or the buyer signs off on that. Like, that is still owed to them. Yeah. Um, but you kind of keep in, up with that. Yes. So your buyer goes and closes, yep. you know, if your buyer can call you and say, hey, they never showed up to fix this thing they promised, yeah. right? And then you're on it. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and they don't really ever want to talk to me. Because mm-hmm. one thing I always do is I always get the construction manager's phone number. Yeah. Every, His when I first number. meet them. <laughs> can I get text, 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 text. And they'll get, yeah, <laughs> always. And I know they regret it, but it's for the better of the client. So then once after you do your final walkthrough, everything looks good, you've signed off on it, you head to closing. Yeah. And you have a brand new home. Yeah. So the key when you're talking about new construction is can a buyer wait right. for a house to be built? Because yeah. that's kind of where the market is right now. You're not going to go in and see, you know, an inventory of homes. There's not homes just sitting there ready to be sold, right? Uh, you got to wait. Buyers... Six months, eight months. And and if you're in a position where you cannot wait, you know, we'll still explore other new construction communities. Maybe it's highly unlikely we're going to find it in a market like this where there's yeah. just one that the financing fell through without somebody scooping it up before yeah. we get there. Yeah. You know, but we still do that. And if not, then you hit the streets and resale and yeah. eventually we're going to get you one. Right. It's just... 
insane. Now let's talk about one more thing in regard to new construction. So if you're buying a home in a large community where the builder's going to be around for quite some mm-hmm. time building, if you're only planning on staying in your home for three years or something like that, new construction's not really not the great. best option because when you go to sell, you're going to be competing with that very builder. That's true. Remember that ten, twelve thousand dollars they're giving in closing costs? If you're trying to sell your house and you're not offering the same thing, you know, why would a buyer choose your home? over a new construction home. Yeah, and the only thing I would say to that would be, depending on what you've done to your home. So let's say you ended up putting in new flooring after you close, or you've made your backyard amazing. you would have that, but you need to be prepared to pay some closing costs, right? You know, that would be the only, make your house really awesome and they'll choose your house over the resale, or excuse me, the new construction, yeah. but you need to be prepared to, to, to pay some closing. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a great investment That's idea right. if you're not gonna plan to be there for yeah. a while. My client's buying this home, and uh, it actually, I think I might have mentioned it in the last podcast, it was actually a canceled listing, and I was scrounging to find a house for my client. It has a whole new remodeled, or actually a new addition, master bathroom, bedroom suite. Mm -hmm. And when your inspector goes to a house, they're going to use their water meter, you know, to kind of see what the humidity levels are and the moisture levels are. And they tell us that the average should be somewhere between, the reading should be somewhere between 5 and 12. But in this edition, we were finding readings that were uh, about 17. Mm, Whoa. On the ceiling, uh, there was a flat roof. Anyway, I could give you all the details, but, you know, the... Seller, obviously, this is a brand new addition. <clears throat> they had it permitted and everything was done correctly. So they're just, you know, not sure if they want to address the issue. And when you have readings of 17, that shit ain't going to work. No. You got to fix that shit. You got to fix it. <laughs> so that's kind of a lame one, but that's yeah. what I got it's from not last really week. lame. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this concludes podcast number four yes. for us. So we catch us next Tuesday. Oh, we have a guest. We have a oh, guest coming next Tuesday. Yeah. Joshua okay. Goodwin with Gershwin Mortgage is coming in. We're going to try to uh, collect some questions from our um, our followers yeah. on social media, see if there's anything you guys want to know about lending, mortgage yeah. lending, interest rates, what's happening in the market yeah. in that respect. Thanks for joining us, podcast number four, and we will see See you next next Tuesday. Tuesday.